Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostly, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing, especially for get paid for your pad listeners. Get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. Welcome, everybody. Today, I welcome Eric Moeller on the podcast. He is a pretty active guy. He's a real estate investor. He releases apartments on Airbnb. He focuses on the high-end luxury property management business. And he is also the CEO and founder of Hometel and the host of the upcoming Airbnb Mastery Summit. So that's a whole mouthful. Eric, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Where are you currently located, Eric? Yeah, so I live in Southern California in lovely San Diego. Awesome. There's a lot of digital nomads out there. I know a lot of marketers and online people who work in the online space. So it's a good place to network and connect for people like you and me and myself who are in this type of business. The topic of today's podcast is really the you know investing in Airbnb for real estate investors. So how to integrate your Airbnb in your real estate business. That's something that you have a lot of experience with. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about, you know, if you want to invest in an Airbnb, if you want to buy a property and with the purpose of listing it on Airbnb or even on other platforms, you know, what are the things that you should look at? You know, how do you choose a place? What do you do in terms of maybe remodeling, decorating, all that kind of good stuff. So I'm excited to get into it. It's a topic that I haven't talked about a lot before, but I think there's a lot of people out there who are thinking about doing something similar. So let's dive right in. So first, let's, uh, let's get a little bit of an idea of how did you get into Airbnb in your real estate business? Can you give us the elevator pitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I've been a real estate investor Literally since I was 18 years old, I was luckily enough to be mentored by a pretty large investor in my hometown back in New Jersey. So I've been investing since a very early age. I've got involved in every aspect of investing from house flipping to apartment buildings to real estate development. I had built a company based off of that. And uh, we had a bunch of apartment buildings and going down that traditional landlord model. Long story short, in 2015, I had sold that company in New Jersey and started traveling the country, staying specifically in Airbnbs. I always knew what Airbnb was. I, I've used them in the past when I've traveled you know, outside of the country. I used it as a guest. I never realized the potential of the investment potential in Airbnb until I started traveling for a few months around the country. I started noticing when I was going to all these unique little cities in in the States that I would never really go to because I was finding really interesting Airbnbs. And after talking to the actual hosts, 
I started realizing a trend. I started realizing that more and more of those hosts were not only just making enough money to pay for their mortgage or their rent, but they were making well above their mortgage to where they were actually, it was a side income or a full-time income for them running those Airbnbs full-time. Beginning in 2016, I decided to move out here to San Diego. I had the opportunity to really just narrow down and focus on creating a startup company. And I just connected the dots. I, in the middle of the night, I realized, I'm like, okay, here's this huge, huge movement right now in HomeShare and this amazing company that just seems to continue to grow you know, day after day, which is Airbnb. Long story short, started messing around with the model, started diving into it. I spent a few months literally just studying it as a whole from the company side all the way down to the, the hosting side and started crunching the numbers. And I realized that the same buildings and homes that I was looking at to purchase for long-term rentals, if I staged them and kept short-term rentals in there, I was looking at nearly double the income, double the ROI on those types of properties. I'm like, okay, light bulb went off. I'm like, there's really nobody out there right now that specializes in this. And I knew that there was a major opportunity to merge my investment skills with this new and growing niche and trend of home share. So yeah, we started messing around, started buying a few properties for it. We flipped those out. We realized that the real estate market right now is a little too crazy to purchase. So then we made a switch to partnering with landlords in San Diego and down in Mexico, where we would rent out their apartments, their vacancies, almost like corporate housing. We would go in, stage them, and then start renting them back out on Airbnb and other platforms. I mean, from month one, we started making a profit on it. By month three, we were fully paid back on our investments on those properties and started making profits. So I'm like, okay, it's time for us to create a company around this. So we dove all in. So that's what we're doing now. We're focused on... Hometel is uh, focused on partnering with landlords that have vacancies. We rent them from a year to two years, stage them, and then professionally host guests from all around the world. And then the other arm that we noticed was the property management side, specifically in the luxury space. We realized that more and more guests were looking to get out of staying at one and two bedroom apartments and stay with more people in in bigger homes. And I noticed that there was a major opportunity there as well to create a company working with landlords that have unique homes to manage that at a high level. So that's a quick little elevator pitch of how we got into it and what we're doing now. We're expanding pretty quickly here in in Southern California for both of those models. And that was an elevator in a 456-story <laughs> building. <laughs> I love um, it, man. I love it. Well, you know, I, I do. My backyard was Manhattan for a very long time, so I'm used to uh, very large buildings. <laughs> awesome, man! Like you're doing some really cool shit. Great to hear. So here's my first question to you. Let's say you're an Airbnb host right now, and you want to expand your business. You have one listing, and you're thinking, you know what? This is pretty fun. I love doing this. I'm going to either rent or buy a property with the purpose of listing it on Airbnb. Like, how do you go about selecting the unit? Sure, sure. So, I think the most important step is to obviously really understand the market. It depends on what market you're in, what city you're in, and their relationship with Airbnb and short term rentals. But given that you're in a 
a city that supports it. You know, as of right now, San Diego supports it. It looks like they're going to continue to support it in the future. First, I would focus on the market. Focus on the market that you want to be in. You know this very well that it doesn't necessarily need to be your backyard with these types of investment models, with the Airbnb model. It literally could be out of state, you know, out of your city, down the block, wherever it could be. But choose your market carefully based off of the demand of guests and how the city supports short-term rentals. And there's so many different resources to find that, you know, our friends over at AirDNA and uh, the guys at rentresponsibly.org, all those guys, like we can, they release all that type of information. Secondly would be to, where my mind goes towards is deciding if you want to be a releaser or a subletter, we got to come up with a good phrase for that, or an actual investor who buys real estate. Right now, because I'm focused on releasing, you know, we'll chat about that. It's really focusing on the city, deciding if you're going to lease units. Once you decide that, the very next step is to figure out how to approach landlords on this model. I see a lot of people leasing apartments and not telling their landlords that they're not going to live there and they just start renting it out immediately. That opens up so many issues, so many issues. And we, we need to stay away from that. So definitely recommend start talking to landlords, start finding landlords that have vacancies that are looking for long-term rents and pitching them the model of, we're going to rent this apartment from you. We're professional renters. We're going to stage it, professionally manage it, and then host short-term guests in the property. And then as far as numbers, like the way that I analyze these types of deals too is I would like to see if my rent is $1,000 a month for a two-bedroom apartment, you know, wherever downtown San Diego, which, you know, it would be amazing if I could find that type of rate. But say it's $1,000 a month. I want to project that at a 70% occupancy through that month, I can bring in at least $2,000 a month. So it's making sure that you're picking the right apartments in the right cities that support it with the right landlords that can generate at least two times the amount that you're paying in rent. I think focus on that first, do your due diligence and get educated on that. And then just literally start reaching out to landlords and making offers on renting out one or multiple of their vacancies. What about the characteristics of the apartments? Are you looking for something specific, maybe a one bedroom or a two bedroom? Or are you looking at the size of the rooms, whether it's a master and a spare room or whether the rooms are the same? Mm. Is there anything concrete that you'll be looking for? Yeah. So I'm a big believer for my re-renting side. I'm a big believer in two bedroom apartments. I just feel that Especially in the market that I'm in, I get a lot of families, I get a lot of business travelers, things like that, that are always looking for two bedrooms. So I, for the re-renting side, focus on two bedroom apartments and houses. I stay away from condos because of the condo issues. A lot, you can run into many, many issues with condo associations. So I focus only on apartments and standalone single family homes. Now, I'm also a big believer that the more unique the unit is and the more character the property and the experience that you can create for the guests the better and higher demand that you'll have for that property so i'm always looking for it being next to attractions being next to downtown city or here near the beach or airport trying to find the right landlords that will allow us to do this type of model that have unique properties and unique 
you know, to where we can create a unique experience for them. And now on the management side, where we're managing luxury properties, we do the same thing, but 10x. We look for the most unique properties in our areas. Doesn't necessarily need to be close to those downtown areas. I have a property that's probably about 45 minutes from the beach, but we're generating about 15 to 17,000 a month off of that one home. And it's a four bedroom, three bath custom design house. So yeah, the first step is focusing on the market that you want, knowing your clientele to where you can market towards them. But I'm a huge, huge believer about trying to find the most unique properties in the best types of areas for both of those models. I think one of the things that's important is to understand like who's visiting this area. How do you find that out? Like I always recommend people, if they're planning to buy a property or rent a property uh, to put it on Airbnb, I would say, you know, start with pretending you're a guest and actually staying mm-hmm. in an Airbnb in that area so that you can see, you know, what's currently out there, what's the inventory that's available, and also, you know, learn a little bit about the market, what are the big attractions, et cetera. Is there anything else that you could advise? Yeah, so that's exactly what I did when I first moved out to San Diego and decided to get into the short-term rental business. I would say about a month and a half, I bounced around to all the different communities here, staying in Airbnbs with super hosts that had you know very unique homes and amazing reviews. And I put myself in there as a guest and I started making notes of how they were designing the homes and what they were giving out as amenities to guests. So I realized like Pacific Beach in San Diego here, I stayed with three different super hosts and they had surfboards and skateboards and beachwear, all that stuff. And they were targeting people that were traveling to San Diego that wanted to experience the beach life. And the three hosts, super hosts that I stayed with had amazing reviews had you know fully booked out great occupancy and they designed their homes to attract that type of person when i stayed in the downtown area i realized that it was very very clean and they were targeting the business community right and i realized that in the downtown area there wasn't all those extra amenities it was just essentially you know, a very minimal apartment that was great to stay for business travelers and a good place to work, right? So I think you definitely have to get your hands dirty and stay in a few places around your area, or you could just do some research on the Airbnb website. But it really is just understanding the market that you're in, who would be traveling there, and then choosing a niche to focus on. So I see people trying to rent to everybody and anybody I'm just not a big believer of that. I'm a big believer of choosing, okay, I'm in San Diego. I could either focus on the business community or I can focus on the beach community or the family community that's traveling here. And I'm going to focus on that niche, design all my properties for that and design all my marketing just to attract that one avatar. That's such an important point. If you're trying to appeal to everyone, you'll appeal to no one. So exactly. I think I think that's that's a really important point. All right, so we've talked about you know how do you go about selecting your place, uh, what are you looking at, do some research. Now let's dive into the actual design of the place. So now you've purchased mm-hmm. something or you rented something. You know, are you gonna like get some more furniture in there? Maybe do some remodeling. Maybe paint. What are those things? Or even like the amenities that you're providing. Yeah, sure, sure. So one of the first things that we do is we have a system down for our properties because we've figured out exactly what 
asset we want, what avatar we're going after. So the designs and all of that are, we follow a system. But when we first got started, we went out and hired local interior designers, brought them in just for a day rate, paid them a few hundred bucks for a few hours of their time to come in and give us design tips on the local flair, if you will. So like bringing in the experience of the San Diego communities into our apartments and my properties down in Mexico, you know, we did the same thing. We bought all of our artwork and just like little, little things that are all around the house that give it character. We bought it from all the local shops that were in that one community in Mexico. So, so when people were traveling there, they had that experience, not just outside of the Airbnb, but they experienced that community in our apartments. That's one thing is really bringing the outside in and designing your home almost as a theme style property. People really, really enjoy that. And the more unique you can get, the better results you'll have with bookings. We do some painting. So our typical two-bedroom apartment costs us anywhere between five dollars and $7,000 for furnishing and painting and all that stuff. It goes for the same thing. We keep the painting really light, but we try to tie it in with whatever the theme or culture is within that one community. And then as far as the actual furniture, we purchase everything secondhand right now. So it's either we're buying everything off a of Craigslist or Amazon, or you know, we send one of our guys out to Ikea to buy uh, some entry level stuff and it all looks great. And with five to $7,000, you can have a business in an Airbnb fully up and running, design it very unique to your marketplace. And then within a few months, you know, earn that back in, in most markets. Awesome. Ikea is definitely a great place to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I recently sold my apartment in Amsterdam and I had a little furniture in there that my uh, different members of my family wanted. And so I rented a van and I brought the, all the furniture to my family members. And I noticed that you know, I bought everything at Ikea 10 years ago, back in 2007, <laughs> and everything was still standing. Everything was still yeah. like, you know, in, in working order. And funny thing is, you know, I, I had one, uh, one wardrobe that there was like, I tried to put it together in my mom's place and I was missing some of the bolts or something. I don't know. So I went to Ikea and they gave me the, the right screws and bolts. Mm -hmm. And then I, I had to know which one it was. So I looked it up and I was kind of like shocked when I saw the price. The wardrobe only cost like $120 or so. And I was just thinking, wow, that's, value for money you know like using yeah. it for 10 years for 120 oh, yeah. bucks and it, it looks pretty good ikea is definitely a great place to go uh, yeah the it, roi is great and sure. uh, can be a little bit challenging to put the stuff together because you know there's <laughs> right. always like one part missing and uh yeah, yeah. On, on that note I, I saw a funny meme like it, it recently ikea had his birthday and so somebody created a meme and where it said, happy birthday, Ikea, here's your cake. And then saw a picture of you know, a bunch of flour, a couple of eggs, you know, a pack of butter. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was pretty funny. So let's talk about the amenities. Are there any specific amenities that you always provide? You know, we're talking about like bathroom stuff, towels, mm -hmm. you know, maybe things in the kitchen. Yeah, for sure. So every single one of our units have all the basic amenities that every Airbnb should have. So essentially, you want to put yourself in as a guest who's coming to that home. You want to make them feel like they're at home. I always stock the house with you know everything that they're going to need from 
you know, paper goods, paper towels, toilet paper, tissues, all that stuff. Our kitchens are always packed, fully, fully stocked of every cooking utensil, pot and pans, everything that they possibly need. And if they don't have it, they can make a request. We'll send somebody out to pick it up or buy from Amazon and ship it out to them for the kitchen side. We're always stocking brand new, you know, fresh towels and all of that stuff in all of our units. On top of that, we try to make it as simple as possible with technology in the home. So best internet possible. We always have smart TVs that hook up to multiple different platforms like Netflix and all that other stuff. So they have options to sign into their accounts. And we're really just trying to make it easy for them to relax the second they walk in there. As far as additional amenities, so that's our basic stuff, right? And for our additional amenities, it depends on the type of property, the market, and the clientele that's going there. But we're experimenting with some really cool stuff. So for my luxury properties near the airports and all that, we actually offer them car service from the airport to the house. So we'll actually send somebody out or send an Uber for them to pick them up at the airport and drive them to the house. And these are people that are spending, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a night on our home. So the cost of an Uber or the cost of one of our guys going out to pick them up is really, you know, cost effective. We're also on a few of our properties offering car rentals. So there's a really cool app. I'm not sure if it's outside of the States, I'm sure it is, but an app called Turo.com. We're tying those into our listings. So when someone books our home, we will send them a link to our cars. And we have about four or five cars that we rent out to our guests that are staying in our homes. And then again, it comes down to the marketplace. Our beach houses, we like to go a little bit above and beyond and give them everything that we think they're going to need. So we have some basic surfboards and skateboards there. We have beach chairs, all that stuff that they need to really enjoy themselves at the beach. And then when it comes down to the business side, the downtown areas, we stock them for in mind that our guests are going to be there for work or, or business, whatever. We'll set up a workstation with the best type of internet and you know everything that they need to really just go relax and then start working. So each property is a little bit different. We have our basics. And then based off of the property and our avatar, we will add on little things to kind of make the property a little bit more unique. Awesome, man. Like it's, that sounds really great. You've heard me talk about Hostly a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostly guidebook to my guests as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully Host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostfully host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you'll get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostlyhost. Another question I had is, 
Are there any differences between when you're releasing and actually buying the property in terms of like the, you know, how you select the properties and, and the design and the furniture, et cetera? When it comes down to design, not really. I mean, so if you're buying the actual property, you have so many more options and flexibility to add and change to the physical structure and the land. So to make improvements to the property with the intention of renting it out on short-term rentals, you have so many more options to do that. When you're renting, you don't own the home, obviously. So all you can really focus on is the staging and the paint. That's two of the main differences is like, obviously, if you're renting a house from somebody, don't go and start knocking down walls and doing some changes to the actual house. We focus just on the staging and paint. When it comes to properties that were purchased in the past and we're going to buy in the future, we'll go in there with the intention of how can we maximize the space and potential of this property for short-term rentals. And then... As far as like the management behind the units, if you're either leasing or renting, it's all the same systems. It's all the same tools, regardless if you're buying or renting. The only difference is on the renting side, you want to include your landlord in a little bit more than you typically would on obviously homes that you own. So systems and tools are the same to manage, which is amazing. The only difference on the, the rental side is we update our landlords with once a month, how many people are coming into the house, the dates that are booked, and then monthly checklists of like, hey, we did this inspection and there's no damages. Here are some pictures and the unit looks great. Let's talk a little bit more about the renting side. I think there's a lot of people out there who are thinking about doing that. It's also more uh, attainable for a lot of people. Like if oh, you want yeah. to buy a property, obviously you need either the cash or the mortgage. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit more about you know how do you find those landlords that are willing to let you rent out on Airbnb? And then also, how do you convince them? Like, I feel like a lot of landlords, if you don't offer them some sort of value, then they're just going to see it as a liability and they don't really have an incentive to let you do it. Right, right. So as far as how we find them, pretty straightforward with that. We have three approaches. One is our online marketing. So we have a bunch of different landing pages and websites out there targeting people that own real estate. And it's just the messages out there, you know, telling them what we're doing, who we are, and that we're interested in renting their apartment if they have any vacancies. We get some trickle through on that. I would say that would be phase two of a re-renting business for most people that are listening that are looking to get started. Focus on that once they have a handful of properties in their portfolio. But the main way that we're getting them right now are two different ways. One is Craigslist. So we, our team literally goes on Craigslist every single day, a handful of other listing sites. And we call every single homeowner that lists an apartment or a house for rent that we feel that would fit our model. And we go through a pitch. We explain who we are, what we do, our track record, what we're doing in the city, and that you know we're interested in doing X, Y, and Z with your apartment. And then setting an appointment from there to view it. And the second way is networking. You know, you want to network with the people who control real estate and control landlords. So we go to a lot of networking events in San Diego where we can find realtors, property managers, landlords, things like that. And we express what we're doing, what we're looking for. And then through those two main channels, we get a lot of our properties. And that's how we find a lot of our landlords. Now, when we show up at the appointment, 
and meet with the landlord or the property manager. We're not coming empty handed. We show up with what I like to call the landlord credibility packet. So we've created a PDF, a printout that we give to every single landlord that explains who we are, what we do, our systems, the tools that we use, the benefits for renting to us. And we really go into detail about who we are and why they should rent to us. Most landlords are against it because they're just uneducated in what Airbnb is and how professional operators can run these units professionally without any of the nightmares that they hear in the news. Now, the benefits for landlords are a couple of different things. One is landlords don't like vacancies. They want to make sure that they rent their apartments out all the time to good quality tenants. And that's what we're offering to them. If they have multiple vacancies or one, we'll come in, rent it from you at market rate, whatever you're asking, we'll rent it for you. Here's a deposit. Here's our credibility packet. Here's our credit report, everything that you need. We'll sign a one to two year lease, depending on where it is. And we'll go ahead and take over the day-to-day management for our specific unit. So they like the fact that the units are getting filled. Now, if it's a landlord that you see opportunity to do multiple properties with, or you find a property that you can make a ton of money on, we typically add in some extra incentives for the landlord. So we'll give them an extra $100 or $200 a month above their rent as an incentive to rent to us. Or we have one landlord, one property, we're making about $2,800 a month on it. That's our takeaway. And we give back to the landlord 5% of our profits. So there's so many different ways that you can negotiate with these landlords. I think really put yourself in their shoes. If you were a landlord and you had somebody presenting this to you, what is the benefits and then what are the cons? And focus on showing them how your systems and tools are in place to combat any of those issues like noise complaints, damage to the units, all of that stuff. But it's a process and it's a numbers game like anything else in business and in real estate. You got to talk to a hundred landlords to find one that may be interested and then make sure that you're presenting the right information to really resolve any of their concerns behind the model. That's awesome, dude. And what I really love about this business is that you don't really need a lot of capital to get this rolling, right? Like if if you are out there and you have some experience with Airbnb, you've been renting out your home or even a room, you know, maybe you're out of a job or you're looking for something different, like literally go on Craigslist and just hit up all those landlords that have vacancies and just see if you can convince one landlord to rent Mm -hmm. to you. And, you know, all you need is, I'd say, how much money would you need to get this started? I'd say, obviously, you need to sign a lease. You need to put in the deposit. You need to have a couple thousand dollars for, you know, maybe buying some furniture, adding some amenities and stuff. What's a ballpark figure for somebody that's out there now and thinking, you know, this could be a good business opportunity for me. What's uh, the amount of capital that you would recommend people have? Yeah, for sure. I always tell my consulting clients that they should always just keep in the back of their mind, $10,000. That's a ballpark of what you'll need to get your first Airbnb release going. And doesn't mean that that's what you're going to be spending, but it's going to be in that ballpark, right? Because you do have to... Your main expenses are your first month's rent, security deposit, and staging, right? And that could, depending on what market you're in, depending on what city, what type of staging, high end, low end, all of that could range based off of who you're renting to 
and who you are as a host and what you want to deliver as a host. So my typical two bedroom is costing me, like I said, five to seven thousand in staging. We go, you know, mid grade staging in there. We go a little bit above and beyond with the amenities. And then our typical rent out here is going anywhere between sixteen hundred to twenty five hundred per month for two bedrooms. The nice thing is, and this is why I absolutely love this model, and I love it for so many different people, so many different situations, is because once you invest that in there, you have your listing up on Airbnb the second you sign that lease. You start marketing it. You start gearing up and attracting guests to the home. You can start generating money on that immediately. And you can, if you're in the right market, you get the right property and you manage it and market correctly. You can have your investment pay back in a handful of months. You don't necessarily need that cash in your pocket. You can go to family members, friends. You can go get a small loan from a bank, whatever it is to invest into your first unit and start generating income on it absolutely immediately and potentially have that paid back within a handful of months. And it's really cool. I'm, I'm watching so many people explore this model. I'm a real estate investor and I explored this as a real estate investor. And I plan on scaling my releasing side of the business to hundreds and hundreds of units over the next few years. But what I'm noticing is that even like the millennials are picking up rentals like this to help them pay for their college debt. So I, I met a couple of ex-students that have crazy amount of college debt and they went out, rented two apartments and the income off of that is paying for their monthly college loans that they have out there, which is awesome. And then I'm noticing a lot of baby boomers are doing the same to help them generate some extra income for retirement. You don't necessarily have to be a real estate investor like me trying to scale to 500 units over the next couple of years. You could literally just be someone who's out there and like, okay, I need some extra income. You know, I'm studying some courses. I understand how to run a professional Airbnb. Go out, find an apartment within a couple of weeks, have it staged in a week or two, up on Airbnb and generating income within 30 to 40 days. I don't know any other model out there in real estate to where you can do that unless you're buying large, large properties. You're absolutely right. Totally agree with you. I wanted to do a shout out to ClearBank as well, because you're talking about for people who don't have mm -hmm. the cash, who don't have the $10,000, you can get a loan at ClearBank. And ClearBank is a company that is specifically designed to borrow to entrepreneurs in the sharing economy. So the way it works is you, you get your loan and then they'll take a percentage of your Airbnb income mm -hmm. as you generate it. And that's how you pay them back. So Eric, you've provided amazing amount of value. It's been super interesting to talk to you. Before I let you go, I want to talk a little bit about the Airbnb Mastery Summit that is mm -hmm. coming up. You've invited lots of interesting people to speak on Airbnb, including myself. Let's get the word out. Like, What's the Airbnb Mastery Summit all about? Yeah, I love that. What I did is I went out and got 22 of the top experts all around the world that specialize in Airbnb businesses and real estate investing. I keep getting asked this question over and over is how can you scale an Airbnb business, a professional business? And it's such a brand new niche, such a brand new trend happening right now that there's really no main blueprint out there on how to do this. You know, there's podcasts like this that we go back and forth and you get little snippets here and there. So what I wanted to do was grab all those experts, bring them in over the course of three days to talk about literally how they are 
currently building their Airbnb businesses. And we have, you know, of course yourself on there and we have some guys that have thousands of units on the the management side, on the leasing side. I brought in some of the top real estate investors that are throughout the whole country that specialize in buying apartment buildings and houses and really got their take on how they're integrating Airbnb into their investment models and properties. So it's really, really interesting. I think it's the the first of its kind to bring that many experts together on this topic. The main takeaway for the attendees on this summit is literally how to start an Airbnb business, figure out what tools and teams that you need to run it professionally. And then we give tips and tricks on how to scale it professionally to hundreds of units, if that's something people would like to do. So and it's a free event, which is awesome. All the speakers on there have agreed to jump on for free and give as much information as possible on how to grow an Airbnb business. So August 11th to the 13th, it's going to be free. So all you have to do is just toss in an email. We send out a, uh, a ticket to the listeners. During those three days, they can uh, jump on and hear from experts like yourself and Scott Shatford, Sam Merrill, David Lindahl, Kent Clothier. The list just goes on and on. So love for your listeners to come out and join us on August 11th. Awesome. Sounds great. And I'll obviously include a link uh, where people can sign up in the show notes at getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. So you, you can find all the information there as well as all the information about you, Eric, your business and, and everything you, you have out there going on. I think it's been uh, extremely valuable, everything that you've shared with us. So I want to thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to be one of the speakers on the Airbnb Mastery Summit. And so I recommend everybody to sign up. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? That's it. That's it. They can check it out at uh, airbnbmasterysummit.com. And yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. All right, Eric. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks to listeners for being here and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And of course, there will be another episode on Friday where I'll be discussing this week's news. So I hope to see you there. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.